Welcome to the Miss Teacher Mom podcast, where we aim to encourage and equip moms to raise their kids with eternity in mind. Today I'm talking to a sweet sister, Amy, about teaching our kids to love the skin they're in. Amy has homeschooled her four children and has a lot of wisdom to share in regards to training our children to love who and how the Lord has made them. Amy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. It's very humbling. Yes, I'm really excited to talk about today's topic. We're talking about loving the skin they're in. Kids are so unique. They're fun. They're quirky. They all have their own set of strengths and weaknesses. I think of my daughters who are only four and two, and they're so different from each other. How can moms train their kids to love how the Lord has made them and who the Lord has made them to be? Yeah, so great question. I think this is such a opportunity for moms um, and parents to really be praising their kids um, and especially looking for things and character traits that really reflect Christ. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I was thinking about was just the ways that sometimes the world gives praise is often on appearance. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that we can fall into that same mold sometimes. In First Samuel, God looks at our hearts. And so we want to think about that with our children too, is that um, while we can praise, you know, how pretty they are, how handsome they are, um, that we really want to more often be looking at their heart character and praising mm. those things. So making an effort to think about praising different things, like even if you're saying, you know, oh, you know, Becky, you're, you have such strong legs that God has given you, or talking about um, something you see them do. Like, you know, I saw the way that you shared that toy with your brother and that really, you know, that's, that's so generous of you. And thinking about ways that we can honor who they are in Christ and not just kind of the, the topical things that we see, but how their character is developing. If we see something that they're working on in patience or something like that, that's a challenge. And I know moms are so busy. I mean, I had four little ones. So it's not like I'm saying this is, you know, we have so much time to sit around. But I think that being intentional about it is really important. So it's good to think about. Absolutely. I I love how you said really pointing out that that's how the Lord made them. Like, Mm -hmm. look at these strong legs God has given you and recognizing in their own qualities. Like you said, God made you this way Mm -hmm. Um, and really giving them that vision that you are exactly how God has made you. He made you in his image. He knitted you together in my womb. Mm -hmm. He made you exactly how he wanted. And that is beautiful. Yeah. And those verses, we can also be teaching them, right, is, um, you know, writing some of those down and memorizing them together so that they really have those in their hearts. Yeah. And really just, I guess, preparing them for the mean, ugly world that's out there, right? And I know we don't want stuck up, snobby kids, but we do want kids who have a really healthy view of themselves, who do love how the Lord made them and their strengths and their weaknesses and their quirkiness. 
yeah, that my daughter has wild hair and I know one day she might hate it or our culture might tell her that her hair isn't beautiful. So wanting to start now by telling her, I love how fun the Lord made your hair. It is so beautiful, so curly and encouraging her in those ways so that as she gets older, she can recognize this, the Lord gave me this fun hair. Yeah. And that same light, how can we help our kids relate to other kids? I imagine there's a need to help our kids celebrate their own strengths and acknowledge their own weaknesses while learning to praise the accomplishments of others, not get stuck in the comparison trap, fight envy and pride and insecurity, and the list goes on. And we're obviously not talking about sin. I'm thinking about more stuff like maybe one of my children, maybe she's an introvert and really doesn't do great in social contexts and her sister is the life of the party. Or maybe one child is super athletic and is the star of the baseball team and the other child can't hit a ball for the life of him. So not necessarily sin tendencies, but really just the Lord didn't make me athletic or the Lord didn't make me super smart. So my siblings getting A's and everything, and I'm just struggling to understand these concepts. Mm. Yeah. So those are really excellent things to be thinking about. I think the first thing is to not get stuck in the comparison trap. Even the atmosphere that you set in your home makes a really big difference. And I think that we can show that as well. So if Mm. If I'm comparing myself to others and my kids are hearing that, then of course they're going to, to, you know, take that in. So thinking about how we praise them too. So you mentioned about the sports and athletic, you might have a child that is more athletically minded. And then, so I have three boys and, you know, the first one wasn't as athletically it wasn't what he loved. Okay. So he passionate. was, he was passionate. passionate. There you go. And, um, and so, you know, later on he ended up doing like cross country and, um, different, different sports, you know, uh, ultimate Frisbee things that he really did enjoy more. But if we, my husband especially had to think about different ways to connect with him, mm. um, because he, is very athletically minded. And so that was just, you know, part of that process of acknowledging how he was special and how he was wired, how God had wired him. Mm. And so that we could appreciate those things about him. And yeah, they, they found a lot of great ways to connect, you know, hiking and different things that they both enjoyed, but not trying to fit your child into this peg, you know, Mm. that they maybe aren't created that way. And also the education piece is definitely hits home for me. We have boy, girl, two boys, and they're all, you know, bright, wonderful young adults now, but my daughter has some learning differences and it became clear to me, you know, in her younger years. And when I was a teacher, actually, I I would see, you know, I'd work with kids in special ed and. I would think like, oh, you know, sometimes these kids just aren't trying hard enough. Well, God gave me, you know, my daughter so that I could learn that that just wasn't true. You know, she's the hardest worker of all of my kids, but things came a lot harder for her. So with reading, there was, you know, the same curriculum that had worked with all the boys. I had to 
do three different ones with her and she still struggled in reading until you know she was older and even though that was an area that she struggled in we were able to keep learning fun for her and we were able to you know with god's grace not have um, an atmosphere of comparison so one day she was only about eight and her younger brother was reading chapter books and she was still you know struggling to to read you know and she said to me mom i am so proud of sammy he is so great in reading and you know i get choked up thinking about that but i i was like so thankful that god had given her that joy and she could rejoice with him mm. and um sorry but yeah. you know it's just beautiful when you can do that for your kids because that's not what the world does right the world makes them feel less and so yeah it's just it's just a privilege to have these little ones and see their differences and be able to rejoice in them so you know when she's playing violin and can play like anything by ear you know god has certainly gifted her in different ways and we can rejoice in that but she could still rejoice in him being such a good reader you know mm. so i think that those are gifts that we give our kids when we really value who they are instead of trying to make them look the same as each other or the same as like what the world standard is you know yeah so yeah so just really important to have an atmosphere in your home that values, like you said, their differences. Yeah. And it sounds like you're really saying a few things I'm hearing you say is one modeling. It is so important. Yeah. So modeling for your kids. I love how God has made you like, yeah. look, you can play the violin by ear. How cool is that? Or your husband who's athletic and he takes the time to really work and figure out what does he love and what, how can I connect with him as God has made him? So really modeling that by loving who the Lord has made, how the Lord has made our kids. So in some ways it's looking at our own hearts first and realizing God made your kids exactly how he made them. And they might not be the baseball fanatic who you thought they would be, or they might not be super artsy like you are. And they might struggle to read, even though you love to read or whatever that is. And we need to model appreciating and loving who they are. And then teaching them through that modeling to appreciate the strengths of other people mm. and to really rejoice in those things. And it really just keeps bringing me back to if we can train our children to understand that God made them that way, then when they're struggling, it should be this, you're not going to beat yourself up because you don't like this aspect of yourself. You're going to take that to the Lord because he made you that way. And mm. let's do so reverently because yep. God gets to choose how he makes his people. Yep. And I think some of that would come through vulnerability, right? And me sharing with my kids, you know, I wish I could play the piano and sing really well and I can't. And that's okay because that's not how the Lord made me and God knows what's best. And he made me exactly how he wanted to make me. Yeah. And also that we're all in process mm -hmm. that he grows us and he stretches us in different areas um, and that he's not done with us yet. So mm -hmm. he's, he's, you know, make, he's made them and he's making them into exactly who he wants them to be. Absolutely. Yeah.
Yeah. I think the only other thing I was going to mention, I had written down um, Philippians chapter two was uh, we memorized that it's all about humility and, and who we are in Christ and, um, and who Christ is. And so one of, if I could just read one section of it, it talks about do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And that's really countercultural. And mm-hmm. so teaching those things to our kids is so important. And then just one other section, which is just so beautiful at the end of that, it says, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. Mm -hmm. And I think giving our kids that um, vision to be stars for Jesus and to hold out the word of life. I mean, isn't that just beautiful Mm -hmm. to think about? And they, they are, they can do that even at a young age. So. Mm -hmm. Right. And they can do that regardless of how God has made them. That's right. Yeah. Um, Humility. That's the base. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had a friend who, she has like eight or nine kids and her big motto in her home was God made you in his image to glorify him. Mm. That's it. And you can do that and enjoy him. And you can do that no matter how God has made you in whatever body type, whatever your skill set, whatever your strengths and weaknesses, God made you to glorify him and enjoy him. So how are you going to do that if you're the worst player on the dodgeball team? And how are you going to do that if you're the star of your academic class, how are you going to glorify God in your strengths and your weaknesses? Because that's Mm -hmm. why he's made you. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Do you have any words of caution or encouragement for moms who might get stuck in the comparison trap ourselves? What warnings or advice do you have for parents who, who do that, who might get in that rut where we're comparing our children to each other, maybe even verbally in front of them or to a spouse when your child is around. Mm. How is that dangerous? Why do we need to be careful about not comparing our kids to each other or to their friends, especially as they get old enough to understand what we're saying and, and really, yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that categorizing in comparison is something we do as humans. It's partly mm-hmm. just natural that we do it. But then I guess one thing to think about is what do we do with it? Mm-hmm. So you mentioned speaking it out loud. And if I, if I wanted to talk to my husband about something that, you know, I saw in the kids and something I was even concerned about, you know, I would, you know, we'd want to try to talk about that in private. So we don't want to compare them to others and we and we don't want to even compare them to their friends like you're saying like you know you're at somebody's house you say oh you know Johnny is so good at picking up his room I wish you know and you know I think that there's some ways that you could you could talk to your child about that you know without making them like without belittling them or even um, without comparing right like you could yes. say wow Johnny's room was so clean I wonder how he makes that happen. I wonder if he cleans his room every day or if. Yeah. And really encouraging them in that. A lot of them, it's just not putting a priority on it. Right. It's just saying like, oh yeah, well that's a fact. Like you're like the potty training. It's like, you know what? 
when they're 16, when she's 16, you're, you're not going to remember that it took such a long time. But right now when you're in it, it's like, Oh, it's so hard, you know, Mm -hmm. but there's certain things that it's just, it's just the way it is. And we get it. We keep loving them and we, you know, we show patience and God shows so much patience with me. Mm -hmm. So we definitely, you know, want to reflect that to our kids. Yeah. And even as we're modeling to them that the standard is the word, we want to live that out. So Mm -hmm. I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth. If I'm saying, Hey babe, don't compare yourself to her. It's okay that you're different while at the same time saying, look, your sister's so kind. Why are you so rude? Why are you so thoughtless? Mm, Yeah. When you don't have to compare, you can discuss their issue and say, Hey babe, the way you talked was not kind and that's hurtful. And the Lord tells us to be kind to one another. You can have that same address, that same exact issue or weakness without comparing to someone else. So you can address your son's room without talking about Johnny's perfect room. Exactly. Or use it again as that experience of not being envious and insecure, but acknowledging someone else's accomplishments and strengths, wanting to learn from them and grow in that way with Mm -hmm. our standard being God's word and whatever God's standard is for us. It is, God does not have a standard that I be an expert baseball player or pianist. So I shouldn't put that expectation on my children when the Lord doesn't put that expectation. So that might also be another nugget that we could take away and think about is, what my standards that I do have for my children, are they biblical? Are they godly? Or am I adding expectations and pressure that the Lord does not place? Mm, Yeah, that's a great idea. Making sure that your plumb line is the word. Absolutely. Because I think when we do, we'll notice again, the Lord doesn't require us to do things that he hasn't made us to be able to do. Mm. So he can help us to be humble. He can help us to be kind. He can help us to be filled with good works. Mm, yep. And pointing our kids back to the Holy Spirit for that strength um, because we can't do it on our own. So we, we want to point them to him. Absolutely. Yeah. Which then gets into the whole, well, what if your children are not believers yet? But that's probably a conversation for a different day. <laughs> right. Right. Even though my friend did say once, um, the same lady with the eight kids, she said, even though your unbelieving children do not have the Holy Spirit to help them, you can still raise them to be respectful, kind humans. Mm, yep. And I thought that that was really helpful because yes, not everyone's kid becomes a Christian at four years old, but we can still train them to be respectful, kind humans, whether they come to Christ or not. So I thought that that was helpful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'd love to close by asking if you have any words of wisdom or encouragement that you'd like to share with moms who are seeking to raise their kids with eternity in mind. So I had two things that I thought of. And so one area that I was thinking about was technology. I just wanted to encourage moms to fight back against the world in this area. And there's two different reports that I was looking at. There's one from 2018 that says that people 16 to 24 years old average three hours of social media a day. And this um, leads to a heightened risk for mental health problems. There's even now a new social media anxiety disorder, which I wasn't aware of. And a Pew Research study said that 45% of teens today say they are online almost constantly. And then if we, there's like tragic 
ways that this is playing out. 2019 report by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention revealed that the largest percent increase in rates of suicide occurred in girls ages 10 to 14. And it's an unprecedented escalation, tripled between 1999 and 2014. And the factor that is definable is the rise in social media. Mm. So if we think about these things, um, yeah, just kind of asking you to try to hold out as long as you can. And I keep hearing like the age go lower and lower for when kids are having phones. And I know everybody makes different choices for their families. We, we asked our kids to wait until they were 18, which is not even conceivable. And my youngest is not 18 yet. So I'm talking about now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people told me, oh, you're crazy. They need a phone. They need a phone. And I just said, why do they need a phone? You know, there wasn't really any reason they needed a phone. So I actually, I wrote to my kids this week and I said to the ones that, you know, one's 23 and, and 21 and 19, I said, so do you guys wish that you had a phone before you're 18? Now they wanted a phone. Let me just be clear. They had money before then. They're like, mom, can I get a phone? You know, the 16, oh mom, for my 16th birthday, will you let me buy a phone? And we're like, no. So anyway, <laughs> they said, but this is the thing. All three of them said no. They don't wish they had a phone before they were 18. And I just want to encourage parents that, you know, it's hard to go against the flow, especially in this area, I think, personally. And yet we have to make hard decisions for our kids sometimes, and they don't agree with them in the moment. But when we know kind of the repercussions, Mm -hmm. I think we have to be really wise and careful Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that was just a little encouragement that yes, and the proof is in the pudding. Even yeah. I mean, the topic we're talking about today is loving the skin they're in. Mm-hmm. Giving your kids phones too early and access to social media, you will lose that battle. Yeah, it's the really work you put into me. training them will be over. They yeah. will no longer love the skin they're in. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really tricky. Yeah, so um, I mean, your study did it. That the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> All three of your children who you asked said, no, yeah. I'm glad I yeah. didn't have one. So yeah. mamas, listen they in. Survived. They survived. Yeah. And, and, and they're glad. Yeah, they are. And, and I think that really, you know, speaks to, you know, it wasn't what they would have chosen when they were teenagers. Right. Uh, so, but, and then the last thing, um, Caitlin, was just an encouragement to moms. Our society doesn't really reflect the truth of the importance of investing in your children. Mm. So you should really value your unique role as moms and have fun, enjoy your family, take time to be thankful and and even write notes of encouragement or start traditions in your family that are just fun. Because there's a lot of things that are, you know, vying for your intention and there's a lot of, you know, duties that you have as a mom. I know it's a really hard job, but it's such a, a beautiful role that you have. And if I could read this one quote, I just read this this week. Ann Voskamp wrote this, and it just really resonated, and I felt like I should share it. Um, It says, we could write it on a million kitchen chalkboards. You are doing something great with your life. When you are doing all the small things with his great love, you are changing the world when you are changing one person's world. You aren't missing your best life when you aren't missing opportunities to love like Christ. Mm. I just thought that was really 
beautiful and prevalent for today. Amen. Today's moms. Yeah. Thank you so much, Amy. I appreciate all the wisdom you've given us so much to think about. And I think it's a really important topic. Well, thank Thank you. And you have a great ministry. So keep up the good work. Thank you so much. All right. God bless. Ladies, I hope that this episode was an encouragement to you. I do want to let you know that after a lot of prayer and talking to my husband and a few sisters in Christ, I've decided to end the podcast in a couple of weeks when this season ends. With added responsibilities and homeschooling and ministry, as well as our upcoming adoption, I thought that this would be the right time to end this ministry. But I hope that it's been encouraging to you and I'd definitely encourage you to continue going back to previous episodes that have been helpful to you to listen to those and share with your friends. But please join us next week for our next episode of the Miss Teacher Mom podcast, where we'll talk to Dr. Moeller, who's the president of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, about what it looks like to raise children in a post-Christian world. Have a great week, mamas.